Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 219 of Stream Thought. And today, both Victor and myself start off with a very pleasant topic, gallows humor. Oh, yes, that darkness that we feel in our souls and need to express in very inappropriate ways. And then it transitions into the stubbornness that we feel when it comes to responding to emails and capitalization. And it's not the capitalization like markets and money. Emails, text messages, lost in translation. We also talk about a little bit of the trauma I experienced at Venice Beach. Eh, made me feel super uncomfortable. And then we touch a little bit about just people's perceptions and whether or not they are truly looking down the scope of reality or are they just delusional. More to come on this episode of Stream of Thought, episode number 219. We hope you enjoy. I don't know if I've told you this before, but Father Joe is going to get a heart stent, another heart stent uh, surgery coming up this week. And so he is super nervous about it because he's already had like two or three heart stents already in addition to like knee surgeries and stuff like that. But uh, apparently, do you know anything about heart stents? I didn't realize this until... I don't even know. I have no idea what the hell that is. All I know is that I feel like everybody over the age of 40, half of what they talk about are just medical conditions. <laughs> I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I Like... <laughs> Why is this such a huge common denominator between everybody over the age of, like, 40, 45? Like, you really don't take care of yourself. You have not taken care of yourself your entire life that, like, 70, 80% of the people that I encounter all have issues. It, it, it's like people become robots over time. There's more, there's more machine inside their body than it is actual flesh. It is the craziest well, thing. Or at least, like, issues that require surgical procedures right well i mean that that is the cost of getting old but i agree i mean joe joe is not old old and but he admits himself that he has not taken very good care of his own body but at the same time like he's got he's got like super high cholesterol and so all of his like heart arteries are like clogged up and stuff like that and so one of the concerns about putting heart stents in is that if they don't don't do it properly what, like some of those calc calcified pieces within their arteries um like get torn off and go into the bloodstream and they cause strokes and then who knows what would happen now the odds of that happening are very very small but at the same time it's also you know it's it's a very complicated procedure and so i'd say there's a 98% chance of success but that 2% is uh, a little bit terrifying, right? You'd, you'd like it to be 100%, right? You go in for a haircut, there's 100% that you're going to walk out with your head. Like, you're not, you're not going to be... <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have a guarantee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, okay. Oh so so <laughs> the, point, the point that I'm trying to make is that uh, for the past, I'd say for the past three or four days, in, in the days leading up to this surgery, uh, Joe has been becoming in, increasingly um, nervous, but the way that he expresses that nervousness is just, I don't know, do you know what gallows humor is? 
I okay. Not. I didn't either until I met Joe and talked with him in more depth. Apparently, Gallo's humor is dark humor. The humor of, uh, like, cops would use to try and ease themselves of the psychological burden of coming up on, like, a gruesome murder scene or, like, a, a, a rape incident or, so, like, something crazy like that. And so Gallo's humor would be how, you know, they, they'd say so inappropriate of jokes that uh, it was just a way to ease their own mental strain. Right. A way to process the severity of what they witnessed. Right. And so I don't think that this is of that level because it is nearly, I would, again, like 98%. Yes, there's that 2%, but 98%, and this is the problem that I have, is that I always look at statistics. And I always say, if there is an overwhelming odd, I'd say anything over 85%, I feel relatively comfortable with. But for him, that 2%, in the same way that, you know, some of my family members deal with that, uh, that that 2% suddenly becomes like 50%. And so now, for the past, because I've been traveling with him to weddings, to church services, and stuff like that in the car, and he will not stop with this, oh, so when I die, here's what's going to happen, or something like that. But it's just like, bro, chill out. Like, I get it. You're nervous. Honestly, I mean, I had a little bit of heartburn today, too, because I ended up going in with uh, Joe to Father Joe to the uh, hospital for a blood test or whatever. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, so this actually is going to be happening. I think that's natural. But to be so morbid in the way that you're talking about this stuff, man, it is such a buzzkill because I know he's nervous. And when he gets nervous, he talks a lot and just goes on and doesn't know how to process it. And so he's just saying all of these ridiculous things where I got to a point literally uh, on the ride back. No, I'm sorry. On the ride to the hospital, to the blood test. He, this was like the 50th time that I'd heard something absolutely just ridiculous about what his life was going to, or what, what everyone else's life was going to be like after he was passed. And I was just like, okay, dude, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just going to like punch you or slap you every time that I hear that in the future. And I kept my promise. I, and he kept going. I probably punched him probably about uh, half to, no, it was close to a dozen times over the course of the next three hours afterwards. And it's just like, bro, just chill. I get it. I'm with you. I'm feeling nervous too. It's gonna be okay. It's going to be okay. So anyway, that was, it's just because the constant repetition of like, I'm gonna die. 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 Well, if that's the case, then yeah, you're gonna (laughs) die if you keep telling yourself that. Like, like, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with a person like that. I'm, I'm somebody who as pessimistic or as I would like to say, realistic as I am, don't have that perspective. I would like to think that I'm going to live a long, healthy life. And yeah, I'm probably going to have some pretty shitty medical stuff that comes up over the course of my life. I'm not going to treat other people that way. Like, I'm going to process it, eh, I don't know, maybe screaming into a pillar or something. But I can't remember a time where somebody... I can't remember anybody in particular where I experienced that, where I was in your position. I know that I have experienced that before, and it's just like, shut up already. Shut the fuck up. Listen to yourself. Oh, my gosh. And that's that's where it got to a point, too, where, I mean, 
I, you know me, I, I like to be interactive with people and meet them where they are and kind of assure them and stuff. And it just got to a point where I just didn't say anything. And every time he says something morbid, I just punched him in the shoulder. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even going to respond. And he's like, you're not responding right now. And I said, I told you I'm not going to respond. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Right. This is just, it's, it's adding to your stress and it's adding to my stress, which is totally unnecessary. You're going to be fine. It's going to be a three or four day recovery and we're going to get through it all well and good, right? Don't assume otherwise because this is a safe procedure, but with a stent kind of, and, and I can get the anxiety because I wouldn't want to have this done to me. It either goes through, apparently it either goes through the arm up through, like, uh, I guess where the bicep area is, like, under the arm or something like that, or it goes through the leg and up through the groin. And so having, and it's most likely, because he's had so many, it's likely going to be going up through the groin. And What is a stint? What is this? I don't even understand still what it is. They have to put in a little tube that keeps the heart blood vessels open so that blood can continue to flow. Because as kind of a, a, a mediation thing, they had him on blood, th- blood thinners so that there wouldn't be blood clots. Because if, you're, if your cholesterol is too high, it creates this calcified like shell within your arteries. And then if something gets stuck, if, something, if one of those like calcium pieces breaks off and clogs your blood vessels, it leads to really bad situations, strokes and, you know, speech impediments, walking Death. impediments. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's, it's like, it's a serious thing for sure, but the procedure itself. A compounding domino effect. Exactly. No. And, and that's, I mean, it, I guess, I guess it should be a good reminder to me to make sure to take care of myself better because I don't want to be in that position in 30, 40 years from now. Like, that's not something that I want to have to deal with, but the way that you deal with it, man, matters, right? Like, it's such a pessimistic outlook where I'm like, dude, like, I know. Because, well, okay, Here, here's the other differentiation, too, where you and I, we don't have really any responsibilities that supersede that. He's taking care of his disabled sister, Nancy, who, by the way, says hi, and she misses you, uh, and Daryl, who uh, is also kind of dependent on Joe keeping the family in a cohesive unit. So, yeah, I mean, there's extra burdens, and and him worrying about not being there for his family is, you know, legitimate. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting the way that he goes about it, because I guess I don't know if he's been like this in previous situations. See, for me... It's not necessarily the, regardless, it's not necessarily the individual procedure, like no matter what it is, it's for me, I'm just like, I don't ever want to go under, right? Like I don't, I'm terrified of having really any type of surgery, regardless of what it is. It's just, I, it's just a weird, I don't, fuck that. I don't want to do that unless it's like, ah, no. Nothing. I don't want to do any of that. Have you have you ever had surgery on yourself? No. 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 I've no. Never had no, had surgery for anything. Your wisdom teeth are still in. No. Nothing. Wow. Holy cow. I've never. I've ne- I. I've never even been given 
What's the name of the whatever it is? The laugh gas that the dentist oh, yeah, would give yeah, you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's called. But yeah. I've never had that. I've never had any. Me of neither. It. No, I've never had to be in that situation. So I guess. But like the idea of like going under and being cut open anywhere Bro. is like. What the fuck? That's why I'm never... <laughs> no, thank you. Never going to get a vasectomy. I'm never, like, I, you know, like, LASIK <laughs> eye surgery, hell no. Like, there there are yeah. certain things where it's just like, no, just don't, like, I don't want people to fuck with my body, like, in that way. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's... I think if aliens did the surgery, <laughs> I'd be about it, <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Or maybe if this was, like... A hundred years in the future? I don't know. Dude. I mean, imagine imagine having to be amputated uh, during the Civil War or having to have surgery done, like, in the early 1900s. Yeah, I would much rather have that, you know, if there was some way to travel to the future, a hundred years in the future, I could get that done, but in... Right, day, like, like, no. like, give me nanobots. I'll, I'll do, a, I'll do a nanobot injection. Just insert those tiny robots into my bloodstream. Or like in what was the movie with Matt Damon where he goes up into space? All the rich people live in space. I want to say it's Ethereum, but I know that's the name of the the one of the cryptocurrencies. Is that what it's actually? It's called. It starts with the letter E. I, but remember that device that they have that can pretty much rid your body of cancer. It just looks like a giant. CAT scanner, like MRI type thing, so super futuristic, and it's like, you know, fixes you of any and all ailments within seconds. Yes, yes, give me that. Like, let me, <laughs> let me do that. So anyway, that that's been uh, that's been very interesting too, because <laughs> in addition to his gallows humor, he's also um, like setting up all the the books and outlets, uh, like the the documents for the weddings that he has coming up for the next like three weeks. And he's like, "If I don't make it, you're going to do all of my weddings." And it's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, seriously, dude, come on, man, right? Just, just take a chill pill. Like it's it's take a chill. It's pill. good to be prepped. I have no qualms about that, but." It's uh, it's one of those things where, and I come from a family too, where it's that that two percent becomes fifty percent, and it's like, if there's a two percent chance, well, then it's like flipping a coin. It's like, uh, right? It's the emphasis yeah. em- emphasis on that tiny little piece that gets blown out of proportion. Give me a second. I'm trying to figure out right now because I keep looking up and down. Oh, Elysium. Elysium. What did I say? Oh, Ethereum. Oh, Elysium. Yes. Elysium. <laughs> Elysium. Yes. I had to know what the name was. I was like, it's not Ethereum, but it sounds like something like that. It sounds futuristic and cool. Oh, so I actually experienced something that was I don't know if I would classify it as well, yeah, I would. I would say it's on the on the lighter end of being disturbing. But I'm at Venice the other day. And pretty much almost every time there's some, you know, uh, there's some person who is mentally not there that walks in the middle of the concrete or is off to the side dancing and whatnot. And then they leave and it's fine. They don't bother anybody. But there was this guy and his like ass was hanging out of his pants and we're rolling around in circles and he was sitting next to someone like one of my friends my friends just sitting there like all right kind of just waiting for this guy to leave and then uh as i'm rolling by looking i'm like wait a minute i 
think that guy's genitalia is hanging out of his sweatpants. Like there was like a hole in his sweatpants or something. I was like, did I just? And then I go, I'm because I'm skating in a circle, right? I'm going around. I do another lap, and and then I do another lap because he's he's like he's moving all around. Like he's lying down and he's just like shaking and he's moving his legs and he's like turning around and everything. And so he's all over the place. And so I I'm skating by again and it's like. Yep, confirmation. This guy's genitalia is hanging out of his sweatpants. And at first, I thought it was funny. And then I was like, what? Like, I don't want to fucking see that. And like, nobody, one, nobody wants to see no that. No one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. And I thought it was funny at first. And then I was just like, I wouldn't say I was traumatized, but I was like, it, it, it definitely was in the back of my mind for several minutes. And then I just thought of, just the privilege that we have of being white straight males of really having to not to deal with anything, any bullshit. And I just thought of like, you know, what if you're a woman and you see that, how like offended and how terrifying, honestly, how like terrifying it would be. It's just like so fucked up. And it got me thinking too. I remember one of my friends, she posted something on, uh, on Instagram while she was skating. And it was something about, it was just something about being a woman and having to like deal with, um, you know, people, uh, you know, hey, hot stuff or whistling at you or like that shit like that. Because in the video, someone had was like riding their bicycle by and like whistled at her, and she pretty much said like, you know, by the way, even you know, it's on the surface, it doesn't seem that big of a deal, but when you're a woman and you this happens to you all the time, you know, when you start growing up and becoming a te- teenager, it's like. It, it really is disturbing. And so that entered my mind. But then, it, you know, coming back full circle, it brought me back to thinking about like, oh, yeah, I just saw this guy's fucking penis, you know, 30 seconds ago. And it's like that really like I did not. That upset me. That upset I, me. I, I, I was don't like, what the you. fuck? Like, yeah. holy shit. And that and lately I've been getting really fucking tired of. Uh, of just all of the just there's just so much i don't know i don't know if it's my like the lens that i'm looking through you know in my mind but just like there's as beautiful as la is dude there's just so much dumb fucking shit all over the place there's just so much dumb and and stuff like that right it's just like and we joke i joke around with other people and it's like we all say the same thing it's like yeah we need a break from la Every now and then, you just need to leave the city, get the fuck out of here, because there's just so much dumb bullshit that's fucking happening all the time. All the time. I just, yeah, that's one of those things where if I actually saw a a dangling dong, um, I would probably be pretty upset (laughs) myself. (laughs) Dude, I've seen... That's actually pretty upsetting. when When I'm walking around and stuff, I... Sometimes, uh, you know, you're walking around and you're, you know, and then you notice, it's like, you clearly notice someone's not wearing underwear cause you see their ass crack. Right. And it's, it's funny cause it's like, dude, it, you're like, how, why? Okay. If you're not going to wear underwear, make sure you got a fucking belt on bro. Like, bro. At I least, know. Right. Seriously. <laughs> like how it, because even I 
I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm always aware for the most part of where my of where the waistline is on my shorts. Sometimes I pull it up and, you know, buckle it an, ex- an extra notch or whatnot. Or sometimes I feel like my boxers, for whatever reason, are, are like riding up. And so I kind of put them down, da- like try and put them down, you know, because they're like getting me a wedgie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm you generally pretty good at being aware of articles of clothing. But it's just like either they don't know or they don't care. Yeah. I, 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 you know, okay, so what are your thoughts? Because my opinion is that it's a, it's like 50-50. They, I, I would say most don't care, but I would say there's a lot of people, like the uh, 15% amount, actually, that don't know. Personally, you know, when you're wearing shorts or jeans with, you know, interlocking metal teeth you want that extra layer of protection (laughs) as a guy right you want that extra layer just in case (laughs) i don't know but also too when i come home right after a long day i need some type of you know, transition. I don't want to, you know, if I'm going to bed or I'm, I'm just chilling out or whatever, I don't want to like just drop my shorts or jeans and then all of a sudden be naked. Right. Dude, like, yeah. no, I know. <laughs> that's I'm, just me. I, I am. And I'm by that. myself. Yes, I agree. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so, so like in all, in all of this chaos of the, uh, of the penis man, um, and realizing that LA can be a little too much. What's your what's your remedy? Are you are you gonna like do a, a weekend vacation away somewhere? Like travel travel or are you just gonna be like I mean, fuck it. I would like to go back to Glen Ellen sometime in October or November. I mean I'm already coming back for Christmas, but I'd like to go back maybe sometime in October. Just get or even I could, or even stay in California and just go camping somewhere. <laughs> come, come, come back to uh, come back to New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey would be fun, yeah, dude. That was cool hanging out with you guys. That was a good time. Oh yeah. No, and and now that the weather, I mean, I don't know with you guys because I mean, I, I know we don't talk about news much, but I I was seeing like the uh, the oldest tree and or the the yeah the oldest or the largest tree in the world or something like that in California was being threatened by those wildfires that are going on, bro. Oh, I don't know. You you are in for a hell of a next like five to ten years because I have a feeling. Shit, <laughs> shit is gonna get more intense. But everything is not okay. So it's kind of like okay. So when I first moved here, and you hear about the fire, but shortly thereafter, there's just so many fires all the time that to me it's like okay, cool. It, in one ear, out the other. It's just a fire. Yeah. yeah, it just keeps going and going and going. One thing. Okay, here's one thing that I that I I was doing a little bit of. Uh, acting i guess you can say as a therapist one of my neighbors uh she i see her sometimes in the courtyard but i don't know if i should feel bad for her or not but uh a month or so ago two months ago i don't know what it was her and her boyfriend broke up and she was telling me a little bit about it and 
and she was telling me like, oh yeah, you know, it got really bad when we were on vacation and she didn't tell me what she did, but she told me, she's like, uh, you know, something really bad happened and I could, I could have prevented it and it was my fault, you know, for the most part. But then she keeps asking like, oh, it's so, she keeps saying stuff like, oh, it's so odd. I can't believe he, he just left so fast. This and that. I'm so confused. And I'm sitting here and I'm talking to her. I'm like, you just told me like you're the reason that you guys pretty much broke up. And like, and so I'm trying to give her some words of wisdom and be insightful. And she kind of keeps coming, coming back around like – kind of like a little bit like what you were saying with, with Father Joe. Keeps bringing up like, do you think he'll come back and da-da-da-da-da. I'm just like, no, he's not. And you just told me that, like, you're the reason why you guys broke up. And so she's like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it where I think it's, I think maybe like a little bit of delusion is, and, and I don't say this to like, to be entertaining, to laugh at or anything. Right. But it's just like, do you not hear yourself? Are you so blind to your actions that you actually believe that he would come back after you told me that you're responsible for something that really that was really bad? And then and then and then she was asking me about stuff and I'm I'm getting a little meta on her and I'm like, "No, you can't like you got to attract things to you. You can't, you know, you can't chase things. You gotta. I'm trying to give her these words of wisdom, and and then I was telling her too, like, you know, relationships. It's a it's a two way street. You can't expect the guy to do everything for you, and yada yada yada. And she's like, oh no no no, that's what got, that's what guys are supposed to do. I'm like, okay, well, there's your big fucking problem right there, is your ideology on relationships in the first place. And so I'm thinking, like, you think that because you're the woman that. You can get away with shit. That's what it is. That you have fucking nine lives and that you can get away with shit. And what you didn't see was that that one event cost you, you know, all nine lives or at least at least five of them, right? But it got me thinking. I saw one of my friends posted something that said, and I've been delusional. Everyone's been delusional about stuff. Everyone has experienced, you know, these sabotaging things at some point in their life and you learn from it right and uh and one of my friends posted something that said like uh rejection is the antidote to delusion and it's weird because i've experienced similar things we've all experienced similar things but like how is it that we can look at life or evidence through this particular veil that is so thin and it is anything but the truth, right? Like distorting things to fit the way that you want them to fit. Yes. So I do have some thoughts on this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and be as um, mild manners as I can be. This was also something that I kind of needed to get off my chest because, you know, I love Joe. I love Daryl. I love Nancy. I love uh, Zach- brother Zachary, and they are they are all wonderful people at their core. 
after a long day um, of a church service, ended up coming back, and Daryl hates going to church services, so he's already on edge. And Joe is freaking out about his upcoming surgery, and so he's stressed out. And uh, so, for whatever reason, they say, Ricks, why don't you join us outside, and we'll, we'll talk for a little bit and just have a conversation. I said, okay, so I head over and, uh, and chat with them. And it ends up they, it ends up becoming like a, a, sh, a like yeah kind of a shit fest on Brother Zachary for like <laughs> two things that he did wrong two things in the entire hour and fifteen minute service that went wrong that he like I mean obviously they were big things one of them was uh, as opposed to allowing people to come up to get communion he ended up like going down the aisle and, like, reaching over people to give them communion. Super COVID unsafe. I mean, everyone in the church was wearing masks and stuff like that. But um, I was like, yeah, I get why that's an issue. And then the other thing was the the offertory and the the collection plate that we had. Um, And they were just ripping into him. And it was mainly, and I will preface it by saying I love Daryl. I truly do. He is a he is genuinely a good soul. Uh, he was just tearing in to Zach, and I was like, "Dude, like," and and he was he was encouraging Joe to send a nasty email and just being like blatantly <laughs> vicious to him and saying you fucked up and you can't do this again or else kind of thing. I'm like, "Listen, man, like that's not how people respond, you know, effectively to criticism." And he said, "No." No, that's the way that I've always been my entire life, and it's always worked for me. And that's the way that it Darryl needs to be. Daryl said that, or Joe Darryl, said Darryl that? Daryl said that. Yeah, no, Daryl was okay. being super aggressive, and so I'm like, "No, you like there, like I was like, um, what is it called? Uh, a shit sandwich or whatever, where it's like compliment, bad stuff, compliment. Like you know, compliment? it's like yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I forget what it's called. It's not called a shit sandwich, but it's like a compliment, a compliment right. sandwich or something." Something, something a little more apropos. And I'm like, no, like tell him because he did good. He did great things during the service, but all they were like, you just need to tell him what he did wrong. I'm like, no, include affirmation. Like, be positive and say, here were like, just list some of the good things they did, and then go into the bad things and like express your concerns, articulate it. It's all going to be good. He said, no, you just need to tell him the negative. Like, that's the only thing. It's like, no. No, because that's never worked for me, and it doesn't work for a lot of people. It just drives people away. And his response was, no, I disagree with you. One size, he literally said this, one size fits all. And this is the way that I've done it, and it's always worked for me, and that's the only way that it should be done. I said, bro, you are, like, I don't know what, like, you're saying right now, because... And and I looked him in the face, and I was like, no, that's not... Literally, I have had the complete opposite experience of you when it comes to affirmational versus controversial learning, and it's the affirmational that has worked best. He's like, nope, I I don't agree with you, because I've never experienced that myself, and so I'm sorry, but it's it, that's just the way that it has to be, because that's the only way that I know that will work. And so it came to that point where I was just like, okay, good night, and I just left. Yeah. I mean... Dude, real quick... I'll I'll add something to what you just mentioned, but real quick, I want to insert because uh, I'd visited you and I've experienced, you know, for a few days what it was like being there, and I, you know, hear all these stories, bro. 
your experience in New Jersey with the three of them could be a cartoon a or a fucking sitcom. sitcom, dude. It is. It could be legit. It could be a. It could be yeah. It. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! It could definitely be. And you know what? I don't. It could be both, dude. It could be like. It could be a thirty-minute sitcom and then like a five to seven-minute cartoon short on YouTube. Like, I would take both of those products on a weekly basis, right? Uh, I was thinking of like Trailer Park Boys. I think they did they, like one of their seasons. They were a cartoon, I think. Um, but I experienced the same thing when I was working at the park district in Naperville and we'd set up these, uh, wooden fences along the sides of, um, of the hills for winter, uh, for when people are sledding so that like the, you don't sled in the parking lot. Right. And what we, it was a huge process and it fucking sucked. And you take these giant metal rods and drive them into the ground with like this, uh, pressurized jackhammer that's in and of itself is like this little trailer that's on the back of the truck. And then what we did was we take these giant wooden fences. And when we would be doing this too, one time, it was like 15 degrees outside. It's like in November and we're doing this. So fucking cold. And, uh, and the one guy who's been there for like 30 years, great guy, Saul, he was always saying like, no, we need to weave the fences so that a pole is on in and out in and out in and out and me and this other dude columbia are like fuck that like why don't we just why don't we just roll it out and put it up and the poles are either on the inside or the outside of the fence because you have to pull them extremely taut and so and so we'd be pulling them but just to have it be in and out in and out would be such a pain in the ass and uh we're like why don't we do it like this it's like no this is the way we've always done it this is how we're doing it this is what we're doing all right, well, you you have fun with that. I'm gonna go sit in the truck. <laughs> yeah, that's and so, but that's the thing though is that I mean, and and that was that was kind of the thing where it's just like okay, this this just isn't even worth a, a conversation anymore because, I mean, when you come to somebody who where it's black or white, I fucking hate that. Literally, my life has been lived in the gray between those grounds. And it's like. Do you think certain circumstances require black and white, or do you think there's always a gray area? I think there's always a gray area. I mean, it, it can get it can get darker gray or lighter gray, but there is always a gray area. Like, you can never be absolute. I don't believe that people can be absolute in actions, behaviors, beliefs, blah, 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 blah. Exceptions can always be made. I agree. Yeah. Well, and, and... I think it's good to, it's good to be black or white because it's decisive, right? It's either this or that, but depending on the situation or the variables involved, it can be... And that's the thing. Because then that leaves room for compromising and for being more... And, like, black and white, and black and white also is an alternative, right? If, if something needs to be black and white, which I do believe in certain instances, it's like, you do this or you're fired. Like, I get that. Like, black and white in that regard, there are instances, but that's part of the gray, too, right? You have the flexibility to move beyond those things and be able to, like, understand the circumstances and stuff like that. It's like, when you're like, nope, one size... But when he told me one size fits all and that's just the way it is, I, like, I almost fucking lost it. I I really, like, I was... (laughs) It was, uh... It reminds me of one of those moments when, uh, when you know who was like, "Oh no, no, I am the church. 
I am the church. Uh, yes, it's yes, like, our, oh, our, fucking a. One of these our, guys. Our, our dear, our dear former presiding bishop. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it and and that's the thing. It's like and I I love doing the ministry here and I love being here, but it is crazy to be surrounded by people who live in the black and white, and as somebody who lives in the gray. Of saying, hey, you know, there's two sides to every story. There's always another perspective, or there's always another solution that you could come up with. And that's the thing, is like, Daryl was like, the only solution that you can have is to reprimand and berate him. And I'm like, there are other solutions, and his response being, nope, that is, that is the only solution that works, and that is the only solution that can work. I mean, Joe and Daryl being partners, you know? That's that's the influence circle right there. I'm just on the periphery, kind of giving my perspective, and that's when I realized it's just not worth this fight. You know, they're going to do what they were going to do. However, <laughs> I will say, I will say, so <laughs> Joe did Joe did write this very extensive email to Brother Zachary about the uh, the the um. Oh, did you proofread or edit it to make sure it wasn't so callous, or did you get a copy of it after no, it was already I'm, sent? No, I'm not. I have I have no authority in that regard. Joe is going to Father Joe is going to do his own thing. He is the boss. He's going to get. He's he gets boss. that email and he says, "Well, I guess I'll be doing music. <laughs> Fuck the church. <laughs> Look what you've done. Look what you've done. You shot her. You shot us in the foot. <laughs> so." So yeah, no, I so I did not no, I I didn't get anything. But after after I saw that email though, which was like yeah, three or four paragraphs of complaints and stuff, at the very top there was three sentences that said, "You did a wonderful job with the music. Your singing was phenomenal, and we are so glad that you were able to play the organ." Now on to the hard stuff, and it just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's funny that you emphasize that because i know that's exactly what he was thinking he's like all right just got to get this out of the way all right now for the good stuff (laughs) now for for the stuff that will be cathartic to my own soul yeah that's kind of what it was and so actually uh zach texted me uh actually really relatively recently and he's like hey can we connect and i was like hey just wanted to check in uh because Okay, he, I mean, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I, he, I, Joe had BCC'd me on it, so I wasn't, I wasn't like visible on the thread. And I was just like, I hope, I hope he wasn't too hard on you. And he's like, Oh no, it's great. I thought that was constructive feedback. Blah 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 blah. And so he, it, he didn't seem to take it personally at all. And I was like, Oh, That's thank good. Good God. Oh my goodness, because. Um, Here's another thing, too, that I don't know about you when it comes to capitalization of words in certain instances where if you capitalize a word, it's it. Wh- what do you think in, in when if you're writing a text or when you're uh, sending an email, when you capitalize a word, what is the vibe that you are trying to convey? Either extremely angry or extremely excited slash happy exactly like this is amazing all capital letters or this was horrible all capital letters yeah and it's like uh joe does that in all of his emails even to wedding couples where it's like it's just informational stuff like make sure you send the documents in all capital (laughs) letters to the church (laughs) 
Like, there's no... Uh, there's no rhyme or, there's no, no because rhyme when you're, or reason. No. Yeah. There's... <laughs> you can't just capitalize whatever whatever words you want. <laughs> I guess you can, but it's not going to make any sense to the person reading the email. Didn't you say, too, that it's the same email where, like, everything is different fonts, different font sizes, stuff is highlighted. Like, it's a giant fucking mess of an email with, like, no pattern or rhythm. Like, normally when you have an email... Stuff that is capitalized is very important. Stuff that is italicized or highlighted is very important. Stuff that is all three of those things, super fucking important. That is... And then even, and then even like, you can change up the font sizes, right? Like, if you want to include something that's kind of important, you something that you need to know on the periphery, maybe a smaller font or an asterisk, there is an art of communication, of written communication, electronic written communication. My cousin was telling me the same thing. Our uncle, or my uncle, he was saying, um, he was like, yeah, my dad doesn't understand that capitalized letters means, you know, that you're yelling or that you're angry. That's how it's interpreted. And so he'll just randomly have stuff that's capitalized as well. And wait, wait, is he pissed off? Oh, no. No, it's like, dad, there's, you can't just capitalize anything and everything. Right? And so what, what I, okay, so this is another, like, tangential point of frustration is that uh joe joe's not a visual person and i look like i love the collaboration that we have i will show you so just visually i don't know if you can see you you know the uh the standard church logo that we have right yes the 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 chalice with the host and the cross in the middle it's a it's a beautiful thing Here's what he printed out for the stickers. Okay. Elongated. I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. I couldn't see it very well. I couldn't see it very well. It looked like the same, but. So, yeah, it was, it's one of those things where you can, you can tell. I don't, I don't know. Hold on. I can't see shit. It's not even where, oh yeah, if you put it up super close, but I still really can't see it that well. But yeah, it's. Uh, so in the same way with his photos where you, you know, when, when you copy and paste a photo or whatever and trying to fit into a document or an email or something like that, it kind of gets squished or flattened or something like that. Yes. And it's like, Joe has no concept as to what, what that is. And so he's like, well, it's just the logo. And I just uploaded the photo and yeah, it's. Like three times longer, though. Like everything's three times longer, so it looks like a. Oh, okay. I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. Where where it's it's that challenge. It, it's one of those things where I just wonder visually. By the way, um, I don't know if you know he's colorblind. He's actually colorblind. I did not yes. know that. And so I don't know if that affects his like depth perception or like um, geographical positioning of certain things. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's oh, overall it's well done, but it is it looks like somebody just um, took took a rubber band and just stretched it out, and so now it's you know three times longer than it should be and half the width. Or like when you take something like when people are baking and they have the dough, and then you feed it through like the two rollers that are on top of each other, yes, and you roll it, and it gets like super, super, super thin. Yes. So, but, but again, too, I'm also kind of neurotic when it comes to like visual presentations 
And that was just something that I was just like, because he wants to put that on, he wants wants to put those stickers on, like, all the all the merch and stuff. And I was just like, oh, no, this is just not, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. Um, but that's not, yeah, his his. Yeah, concern. you got to have stuff that matches. Yeah. And so final, like, I don't know, I don't know if there's a transition for this. Um, cause Joe was trying to, to get me a job around here. And so like, uh, outside of ministry, just a supplementary income. And he ended up talking with one of the, um, car repair shop dealers around the corner where he gets his car repaired. Apparently, you know, family business, been in business for about a hundred years, maybe more. And, uh, tons of political connections. And he's like, how would you like to be an auto mechanic? <laughs> I just want to hear your, I just want to hear your reaction to that. What happened to the, uh, the police application? No, I, I checked, I checked. <laughs> I, unfortunately, because I do have a criminal record that is right. out of the picture. There's, there's no, there's question. no way. Yeah. So, so he moved, he moved on to other things. The problem with that, Ricks, is that it requires – I mean, I know that a mechanic is just like, oh, you're just hanging out. You're fi-, but you need an extensive knowledge of how things work to be a mechanic. You need to have – you know, you have just like any job, you do need to have a certain level of aptitude to perform the tasks. Like what are you going to – like what you're just gonna sweep <laughs> right. and clean shit up like no you to be a mechanic you got to know what you're doing you got to like have you, that's not and, and for and <laughs> for a prestigious business too that has high, like this is lexus and mercedes and or, i i don't even know if they're fucking american cars but whatever the the cars that they deal with like high class but joe's like well this guy has political connections and so maybe you can get something there you just got to work for a couple of years doing doing auto mechanic stuff and it'll all work out and you'll you'll find something that uh that'll transition you out of this this uh blue collar job into something a little more prestigious and then he ended with the caveat by the way uh i just wanted to let you know this guy is kind of a trumpster He's a hardcore Trump supporter. And I'm like, bro, I've, I have worked with that type of fucking personality before. And after that, like, I mean, that was, that was traumatic. That was fucking traumatic. Um, YouTube channel, like doing the drywall, building up a YouTube channel and then him like fucking turning on dime. I'm like, I like how you said, when you mentioned that to me, when you said, uh, when we were when you mentioned this once before, and you were like, "Yeah, his wife makes Rush Limbaugh look like a Democrat." <laughs> Never again, and and that's what I told Joe too. I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking get in bed with a person like that, especially if you're thinking this is going to be an outlet or an avenue to something greater. I do never, never again. I feel like I've learned my lesson, bro. That was just, I was like, oh no. But I am, I am, okay, so this is going to be like a follow-up for a a future episode. I am going to go in, I'm going to chat, see what's going on. Maybe they just want me to do customer service, answer the phone, stuff like that. 
I'm a good worker. I mean, but. you could be doing like apprentice type shit, like working with someone the whole time. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to check it out and you know what? If you work there for a month, then whatever. But regardless of the situation, you can always learn something. Yes. And you can always leave whenever you that want. That is true. And-, and definitely go in and get a feel for it and then let them know like you know, depending on their depending on how on how you're reading the situation, you can let them know like listen. This is the scenario. I don't know shit about cars, but I'm here. <laughs> no, that is literally. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tidy that up a bit. Yeah, but, yeah. But, don't but, say no, 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 no. That's that's, yeah. that's precisely uh, kind of what I'm gonna say. It's like this is not my area of expertise. I have no knowledge. But do you think? But if you if you, you this way, you have to read the room because I can see you being in that situation and explaining to them, and then uh, one of two things happens. One, they acknowledge what you say and they build off of that and you guys have a constructive conversation as to whether this will or will not work out. Or, my personal favorite, the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> Does not compute, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, especially, I don't know if this is the case in L.A. right now, but, like, um... Companies are so desperate to hire people that they they will hire fucking anyone, like anyone who walks in off the street. And so when Joe floated that idea, he's like, bring him in, bring him in, bring him in, bring him in. And uh, yeah, okay. it, it, it's one of those things. So it's more like me getting a chance to kind of. I saw a help wanted sign in the window of a store I was driving by and uh, it was a handwritten help wanted sign. And it's funny because normally you you know, you see a sign that's printed out that says how it's like, oh man, they need help so bad they couldn't even take the time to to whip up a Word doc and print right? it off the computer. Yeah. They had to scribble it on the paper and throw it on the window as fast as possible. So I don't know. I don't know if I told you this. I don't know if we we had talked about this on podcasts before. But back when I was in Chicago, uh, Matt had come up to me and was like, his boss wanted was looking for like oh right workers. you were telling me about this but it was far away and it didn't pay very well how well no that wasn't entirely true because apparently they were hiring new people at like twelve dollars twelve dollars an hour or something like that and so i ended up coming in and saying uh you know just being honest and, and talking and chatting and said he's and i said okay can we talk about you know pay scale and stuff like that He's like, oh, okay. What were what were what were you making at your previous job? And I said, um, you know, twenty five dollars an hour. He's like, oh, well, we can't pay you that, but we can we can give you twenty. And so everyone else who Matt has has kind of recruited, it's like that's where they start at is like twelve dollars an hour, and he was offering me twenty. Wow. Yeah, I know. People are desperate, man. So if if. Or that, or they could just read that. I mean, what type of job was it again? I mean, is it the type of job where it's just like schmucks walk in and it's like you got to go through 300 people to get five good employees? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no. It, it was like we need people. It, I mean, it, it's a job that basically involved moving materials around a warehouse. And so I was able to, like, without even negotiating or anything, he's like, Oh no, but we can get we can get you back up to your pay scale within a couple of months. It's just all all that takes is that. And so there there is an element of desperation that I feel like uh, a lot of employers have. But 
I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm willing to, especially if it's not mechanical and it's more customer service stuff. I'm a I'm a ace at customer service. I can do that. That's not a problem. But it's uh, it's one of those things where yet another adventure in the life of Ricks. I wonder. Uh, I wonder what other options might be out there. I mean, it would be cool. I personally wouldn't want to do it. You know, I'd rather do. Like, be outside, but on the East Coast, it gets cold, so. <laughs> right. So, let me ask you this. Does uh, does Joe have pay someone to shovel their driveway, or are you going to be doing that? So, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but if snow comes, I will, I will be the manual labor, as I have been. And here's the other thing, too, <laughs> is... You've never you've never had a garden, right? No. So nothing to like, like not even herbs or anything like that. Nothing. Jo- All we had we had the, I mean, not like a garden with fruits and vegetables. We had a garden that just had flowers and and bushes in it, but not a garden that you have to tend to regularly to make sure, you know, you can get food out of it. We actually, when I was growing up, we actually had, like, a mini garden in the back of our house with, like, tomatoes and basil and all these other, like, random plants and stuff like that. And, of course, us being, like, 9 to 13 years old uh, allowed it to die pretty quickly. And so that that was, like, the extent. And so my sister right now is growing kind of an herb garden at in her apartment. But Joe... Joe beats them all, man. He's got a fig tree, and I don't know if you know. I know. Anything. He gave me the tour when you were sleeping that one early evening. He gave me a tour of everything. I was like, "Wow, I cannot believe tomatoes, this. basil, fig tree." I, I mean, like it goes. I had a blackberry. Blackberry, yeah. Blackberry and raspberries, right? It just goes on and on. I, he's got. He probably has a good twenty different variety of plants. And so now, as it's as uh, summer is coming to a close and we're entering into fall, everything's coming into fruition. And so, it with and you saw the fig tree, right? It's not like a tree tree, but it like sprouts out in different directions and stuff like that. And it, it's kind of hard to navigate. And as the figs grow, you got to cut them down because otherwise the birds are going to come and, or the ants and stuff are going to destroy them. And so Joe has tasked me basically every morning going out and just cutting down the figs that are ripe. I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. So the first couple of days is like, why are there spiders on me after I end up picking? He's like, oh, I, I totally forgot to tell you spiders weave their webs along the, <laughs> the fig tree uh, leaves and, uh, and oh yeah, they may, they may be biters. Uh, so sorry about that. So, <laughs> like, okay, well, nature, whatever. I don't have anything else. <laughs> do you do you have anything that's else? That's totally cool because I have, I have vented my heart out. So I am, I am fully sated. I am satisfied. Nice. Yep. Nice. Well, another one in the books for Stream of Thought. Until next Until time. Until next time.